Well, you can say this for the shiny shoes. They are absolutely consistent and just aren't going to stop. They just don't care. Um, the Senate yeah, a couple days ago agreed to proceed with the omnibus ridiculous spending orgy. Let's see who voted in favor of this. You got Blunt, Boozman, Capito, Collins, Cornyn, Cotton, Graham, Grassley, Hyde-Smith, Mitchell McConnell, Susan Moran, Murkowski, Portman, Romney, Rounds, Rubio, Shelby, Thune, Tuberville, Wicker, and Young. And the reason they said they did this is because, of course, um, national defense. No, truly. Uh, John Thune came out and said, it's just, it's just about national defense. Liar. You're a liar. We all know you're lying. And you know you're lying. It's about payoffs. It's about being members of the party. That's, that's what it is. And, and John, John Thune, we all know this. It doesn't make it better when you lie. We all know you're a liar. All of us. You do too. Now, today, as I'm getting ready to talk with Zach and we're recording, we find out some of the things that are in this omnibus. There's, well, it's just $750,000, but here's what it does. It's to a trans-radical Satanist group. How do I know they're Satanists? Because they're teaching kids that biology doesn't exist and that God did not create men and women. And what do they want to do? They want to shove that stuff into the schools. That's what they want to do. This is from our friend Jackson Campbell, great, great friend of the program. And by the way, a solid young man. More young men should be like him. Our country would be in a better place. He points to a tweet from Representative Dan Bishop. $335 million to prepare for a brand new flu pandemic. Look at that. Also from Representative Bishop, he writes, on a more sinister note, here's $575 million for family planning in areas where population growth, quote, threatens biodiversity. Yeah, what does that mean? It means money to kill people so trees don't suffer. It's worshiping dirt over the lives of beings in whom God created uh, in his own image. Also, Dan Bishop, via the way of Jackson Campbell, at the same time, allocates $410 million towards border security. For Jordan, Lebanon, Egypt, Tanzania, and Oman. So you can say this for the party. They hate us. And they're consistent. But here's what we can't say is, what's this all going to mean for the finances in 2023? Well, Zach Abraham is the first one to tell you he's not a soothsayer, but he's about to join us to explain what he sees coming financially in 2023 with help from our friends at Soda Weight Loss, sodaweightloss.com. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America... Here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman.
Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. One day early with Zach this week, we're going to be doing a best of tomorrow. Well, and I'll tell you, I, I don't feel like I need to explain taking a, a break around the birth of this uh, celebration of the birth of the Savior, right? Uh, and just to defend myself, because I really, my wife says, I don't know what vacation means. She's right. I don't. Um, I'm also been asked and well invited and I'm going to, we found a studio, fill in for Clay and Buck on their program on the iHeart Radio Network. That's going to be, well, largely on iHeart. Uh, that's going to be Tuesday and Wednesday of next week. And thanks to the guys. Thank you, guys. And thank you, uh, iHeart and Craig and Allie and everybody there. What a thrill to come back and, and do that again. Uh, Zach Abraham joins us on the Todd Herman Show. Hey, it's great to have me back. Thank you, sir. And uh, looking, is, looking, yeah, like you said that, it is great to have me back. <laughs> I, I kill it's me. Great that you, it's yeah, I kill me. I crack me up. It's great that you had me back. Yeah. I appreciate that. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to yesterday's cast, but man, it was it was a crazy day. Um, I had a guy named John Euler on, who's an expert in pedophilia, and that was a scary conversation. I asked him, Zach, uh, what would pedophiles say now that they see the curriculum going into the schools? What would they say? Because this guy, he's worked with them for a decade. You know what he said? He, he, he said this. He, I said, what would they say? He goes, mission accomplished. That's exactly what he said. Uh, and then I had my very favorite Substack writer, and I've sent you his stuff time and time again, Chris Bray, um, on. So it's been, a, it's been a crazy week. We're going to do a best of the next couple of days. I'm going to be in for Clay and Buck. So it's a day early. People get you a day early. That should excite people. <laughs> well, just I, I wish my wife and kids felt the same. Oh, don't quit now. <laughs> you know that they do. Uh, yeah. You know, I was just uh, I'm getting a whole bunch of notes on Twitter to which I can't respond because I'm suspended for six days for once again telling biological truth. What uh, Musk suspended you now? What for? No, you know what? There's a bunch of rogue people there, uh, FBI agents and people loyal to the old regime. And, you know, I was suspended for telling the truth about biology. And about oh, mental God. health, right? And this is, well, last time it was a, a two-day suspension. Now it's six. So they're, they're, mm-hmm. they're warming me up for a full-on uh, ban. Yeah, well, I mean, it's all that hate speech. I told you. <laughs> I know, going you out and quoting that. the DMS-6. You know, what do I yeah. do in quoting, uh, quoting uh, you know, the actual diagnostic statistical manual? But anyway, I'm getting a lot of notes. And uh, Republicans are pretty jazzed about this omnibus bill. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, the shiny shoes, McConnell, Romney, Mikowski. In fact, a whole bunch of Republicans voting for this thing. Um, and you're talking one point seven trillion bucks. Very few people have read any of this. And what we have read is insane. Um, there is a great friend of the show. You met him when we did the event in Seattle named Jackson Campbell. He's been reading the thing. Um, and let's see, we're securing the borders of countries in the Middle East, Libya, uh, Oman, <laughs> Jordan, with our money, with like, you know, half a billion dollars. Uh, and, and we're doing nothing on our side and they're selling it as national defense. So that's why I just wanted to talk a little bit about the forecast for 2023 financially. Yeah. Um, well, do you just want me to just uh, lay it out for you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, can I just start with one bit of good news, though? Um, just, just, yes, absolutely. Okay, okay let's do this. Um, while it's really debatable, you know, the DOJ taking Sam Bakeman freed into custody like a day before he was to testify, um, you know, at least he's, at least we're going to hear from him. 
And we know that because apparently he's being jailed uh, in the same place that uh, Jeffrey Epstein was so safely held. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is going to he's going to sing. He's going to sing like a canary. Right. We're going to get we're going to get all the information out of him that we need to. And trust me, the people responsible for this sh- chicanery they will be brought to justice i mean it's i you know i feel as certain of that as i uh as i do that biden's top priority is securing the southern border i mean i you know it's it's what he says and he I loves wonder, ice cream yeah I, I wonder what bankman freed is thinking as he's brought in wait a minute this is the you know because he wouldn't know because he's he's whack and in my judgment he's a psychopath like they all are psychopaths but as he's yeah. going in there um and, and like the the feds are telling him oh by the way did you know jeff epstein was here <laughs> yeah there's a really you unfortunate know, circumstance but it won't happen to you you, you know, some, some, and just to give you a little update on this one, I won't go off on a tangent, I promise. But <clears throat> I, I, I think some, some really sharp buddies of mine, uh, that one has a very popular podcast, a couple other run funds. One is essentially a, a forensic accountant and, um, they're looking into this and they've all kind of come back with one of the same readouts. They go, you know what? We're beginning to think that one of the reasons that Bankman Freed acts so insulated is that he's doing business with people or was doing business with people that scare him far more than law enforcement. It's really starting to look like rather than just being about fraud, which it certainly was, but it's really starting to look that at least his exchange and potentially others were just giant money laundering schemes. Oh, sure. um, For really bad people. So, that is an interesting twist to throw in there. And uh, again, I don't know for sure, right? We're speculating, but um, it would really explain why he went on that apology tour that no, that every lawyer in the world would have told him not to, right? Yeah. His parents are compliance lawyers. Again, they're not trial lawyers, but they know enough to be like, hey, don't say anything, right? Why is he talking? I think it's because he's far more worried about other people he's dealing with as opposed to just law enforcement. At least that's... That's the conclusion that some people I know that really, really know the sector well have said, and I, I, I can't disagree with them. Yeah, no, I think that's a really, really good observation uh, and uh, not surprising given the fact that it's, you know, it walked like money laundering. It stunk like many la- money laundering. It looked like it. It sounded like it. It all it all added up that way. I'm, I'm it's interesting to hear people who have, know a lot more than me say that. OK, we're going to get Zach's prognostications here uh, in just a second. Let me offer you this. In fact, you know what? I haven't gotten you a Christmas present yet. So I know you got the bone frog in the office. I know you've got Allen's. Would you accept from us? Would you accept some uh, some my pillow towels? Oh yeah, are yeah. you? Yes, absolutely. But I was going to tell you, I get my Christmas present from you every Friday. <laughs> so, so I mean, you're you're the weekly Santa Claus, All man. Right. I, it's just great. No, but I would love to try those. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I what, gotta order. I gotta order some of that stuff. Okay, so but what color scheme uh, in your house? Like, I mean, you got like twelve uh, houses. So let's talk about the primary residence. <laughs> Zach that is, have that is not the fact. I know. No, Zach has one. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, like, like a whiter blue kind of right. thing. I'm thinking of my master, my master bedroom. I still call it a master bedroom. All right. Way. So that's what we're going to do. White or blue. And these are made with USA cotton. They're made in Minnesota, not Michigan. Zach, I said Michigan for a while. They're an outraged people and rightly so. And instantly these towels, how would you describe what should a great towel feel like? It, it should feel like you are mopping yourself off with a tightly woven cloud. 
right? <laughs> wow, man, I'm sitting, yeah. I'm stealing that one. Well, this is, it's yeah. like that. These are the most absorbent towels uh, I've ever had. And the bath towels, I think, qualify as beach towels. So it's a six pack. You get two of the bath towels, two hand towels, and a washcloth two pack, USA cotton. And, uh, you know, Zach, when you come over here and soak in the lake with me, um, it's going to be four degrees uh, Friday morning when we go do it. And we're going to go in for seven oh. minutes and then we're going to get, get out for two minutes and then go in for two minutes and then get out for one and go home. Um, so but I wrap myself up in the MyPillow towels after that. They're so soft and absorbent. Why don't you fly over this weekend and or just fly over and just pop in the lake with us that that morning? Just because the lake will be like 36 degrees, much warmer than the air. Yeah, that's balmy. Uh, pardon me while, <laughs> pardon me while I go make my airplane reservation. Right. No, no, hey, no, no, no. Actually, I can't do that because I'm taking the kids over to the east side of the of the state, yeah. stay up at a cabin, and and part of the reason I'm doing that, I'm so jacked about this. I bought four wheelers. Oh, good. And they don't know it. So they're going to get up Christmas morning and yeah. see four wheelers with little bows on the top of them. I'm so pumped. That's, I can't even see. That's straight. awesome. So when yeah. you do get that, I'm going to get you, but that's what I'm going to do is that's what we're going to get you for Christmas. And you guys too can take advantage of the same sort of luxury. Zach's going to be wrapping himself in. It's the six piece, my pillow towel set. These are regularly 89.98 now only 39.98. Mypillow.com slash Herman use promo code Herman. Incidentally, you can also use that to get a whole bunch of cool discounts on a whole, the whole variety of my pillow products that's, but do concentrate on, the six-piece MyPillow towel set, only $39.98. Shop MyPillow.com slash Herman, promo code Herman. That's MyPillow.com slash Herman, promo code Herman. The only knee we take is to the Lord, the Todd Herman Show. And I don't play that enough, do I, Zach? No, you don't. I haven't heard that before. <laughs> Yo, that's so awesome. I have, I've played it like five times. And uh, everybody who lo- hears it loves it. All right, so what's coming up 2023 finance wise? Man, it's it's um okay, so I'm just going to lay it out uh and then stop me if you want me to dig deeper in anything. Sure. But um so there's there's two ways that I always try to look at this and I and and I don't I, in my opinion I don't think enough people do this. I I like to I want to look at for strictly from a data window. Okay. And then I want to look at it also from more of a macro level, big picture, uh, because a, a lot of times right, data can be very noisy. And I think it's <clears throat> I think it's just as important to have the, the, the philosophical or the or the, you know, the intellectual framework correct in, in terms of understanding the environment you're in. Right. So let's start with the data side of it. OK, um, uh, there's so many different data points that we could point to right now, but essentially based on the data that we are seeing, whether it's in, uh, what's going on in real estate markets, what we see going on in automobile markets, uh, what we see in terms of earnings growth, uh, and trends, um, it, it is heading in exactly the direction that we thought it would be in the third and fourth quarter to the point where all of these big banks have uh, uh, algorithms set up that are recession indicators, right? So they're okay. just taking all these different factors in. Every single one of the large Wall Street banks' recession indicator has hit 100%. That has never occurred wow. before. Okay, that's wow. never occurred before. Not in 07, not in 08. Um, the other thing, what every time we've had a recession, you have had yield curve inversion. Uh, these are the most extreme yield curve inversions we've ever had. Okay, so that has never occurred without a recession. All right, so these are two things now that are occurring without a recession. 
uh, home builder sentiment gauge hit 33. What does that That mean? That is a survey of all home builders basically forecasting how do things look going out over the next year. Now remember the it's it, we're not the, look we're not facing an 0809 scenario in real estate but it's very important to understand it's not just the building of homes it's the purchasing of the supplies it's the copper it's the hammers it's the nails it's the shipping companies that transport that stuff back and forth it's just a very good gauge of what material demand is going to look like in an economy. Got it. The home builder home builder index has hit 33. That's either one of, if not the most extreme lows in history. You have never had it anywhere close to this level without experiencing a recession, right? So, I mean, you can you you go look at uh, M two, which is a which is an economic measurement of money supply, right? Money floating around the system, it is plummeting at a rate faster than what we saw in the financial crisis in oh eight oh nine. Um, so, if we look at it through a data lens, um, the, and that's why I've said before the the discussion about whether or not a recession is going to happen is just ridiculous in the sense that. One of the things you have to do in this business is always understand that dynamic things can happen out of nowhere, and there is never a hundred percent certainty of anything, right? It's just not not in the financial world. But if you're looking at the data today, if you do not think we are in a recession or that we will enter recession in the first quarter of this year, then what it means inherently is you think that there is absolutely zero value in economic data. Right. Like you, you, you can't have any faith in the data and not come to that conclusion. Right. And, and that's not us spinning it. It's just looking at it from a historical, uh, uh, historical uh, context. So getting into that, how do I think next year plays out? Well, I think consumer spending, in my opinion, is going to, even on an inflation-adjusted basis, I think it is going to decline at a rate that the Fed is not expecting. Why do I think that that's going to... Wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second. Wait a minute. Oh, wait. (laughs) Dude, the Fed doesn't expect something? Uh, That's that's the Fed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's let's just put it this way. As far as forecasting goes, the Fed aspires to have a record that is commensurate with the average weatherman. Well, or or the average uh, member of Congress doing insider trading. Well, that's a pretty good track record, though. Man. That's I'd what like I'm to, saying. Yeah. Well, yeah. why don't they just? Well, uh, you know, they, yeah. they're, they're, they have it set up so they they make money either way. Uh, crash the economy, build the economy, go short, go long. Okay, got it. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So, um, so we when you step back now, going from the data side of it, and we could go through each point. I don't really think it's important. Just because there isn't any good data, right? There just isn't. There's, there's things you can point to that aren't as bad, right? Like ISM readings, which is a, 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 a manufacturing reading. Um, they're at 48, 49, which show contraction, but they've been lower, right? There's some that aren't as bad. But like I've said to you before, the, the interesting thing about this backdrop is there is still a level of optimism and there has never been fewer green shoots. I mean, there's just nothing that looks good. Um, then you go look internationally, you go look at China's numbers. China consumer spending is down 10% year over year, right? There's like, you're, it's not just here in the U.S. Um, so then let's take a step back. 
Does this mean that we're going to be looking at financial Armageddon in the next year? No. And here's why. The, the, I markets were going to go down further. In my opinion, I don't really see any way around that. I think that more so, I don't think the amplitude of the drop is going to be anywhere near as drastic as the volatility, right? Which we're seeing on a day-to-day basis. I mean, the market's just all over the place. It can't really find its way through, but I do think there are significant losses coming. Um, I think real estate is going to continue to pull back, but at some point, and the reason I feel so certain of this is just because the Fed, you know, there's so many similarities, Todd, and I know that you probably know this as well, but there's so many similarities with economics, finance, and just morality in general, cultural, oh, yeah. right, similarities. And one of the interesting things that we've been very right about over the last 10 years as far as stimulus and things like that go is that people are like, well, what's the Fed going to do? And I go, well, it, they've already told you. And they're like, what do you mean? And I go, they're going to pump and they're going to, they're going to cut rates again. And they go, how do you know that? And I go, because just let's take a stop. Let's take a, a step back and think about what interventionist monetary policy is. So anytime they come in, right, COVID, they're intervening in the natural cycle of markets, right? Yep. Uh, great financial crisis. They're intervening. What does that mean? What it means is they're trying to get asset prices and markets to not reflect economic reality. Well, the longer you do that, the more drastic and painful the trip back to reality becomes. So now you're in a position where you're not even stimulating because something bad is going to happen. You're stimulating simply to preserve the status quo. Okay, so let's let's, let's, uh, look at this another way. Um, This is very much like um, a, a heroin addict chasing a maintenance injection. Yes. Right. So this is very much like I'm not even getting high. I'm just trying to crash. Right. A hundred percent. Right. And it's like a porn addict. Like uh, you you cannot fulfill this. And that's that's uh, this is biblical stuff. And you said morality. Well, Proverbs uh, 13, verse 11, dishonest money dwindles away. But whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. Number one, Romans 13, verse eight. Interesting, they're both 13. Let no doubt, uh, pardon me, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. Whoever loves uh, others has fulfilled the law. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and you can go all through the Bible on that stuff. And yes, yeah. the, the morality, when, when you have no basis, no moral basis, what is wrong with piling up debts? What is wrong with cheating your neighbor? And why? And this is what these guys better start to dig, Zach. Uh, I've been talking about it for a decade, the low trust society. You can come back from a lot of stuff. But when your country becomes a low trust society, here's what this means. I'm going to cheat because everyone else is doing it. I don't want to be the sucker at the card table because most people do not follow the law because they're afraid of getting caught, right? If you have to speed to get somewhere, like if you're driving across the state of Washington, uh, you know, the 55 minute or 55 mile per hour speed limit, 65 is pretty silly, honestly, in the middle of the desert. You're not going to hurt anybody if you're decently intelligent and, and paying attention at 80, and most people do that, not be, and it's they, they do that thinking they're not going to get caught. But when you're watching everybody get caught and no one get punished, and you're watching the big of the big, <laughs> right? You can when you compile a list that is an insider trading list in Congress, and it doesn't, and, and it's illegal, but no one cares. Then the low trust society is, hey, it's dog eat dog. 
Right. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And it's, it's also let's extract as much as we can from the trough while it's still here. Right. Like that's, that's that attitude. And I think that that's the same attitude that drove crypto, right? Everybody will make up their reasons for why they were infatuated with crypto and Bitcoin. You know why they were infatuated with it? Cause it went up. It went up. Yeah. Right. They did. That's it. And, and it's one of those dynamics of did you, you know, you invest. It's always funny to watch people jump into these obvious frauds, right? Which are just, you know, we were saying this, I was, we were saying this for years on our show. We were sitting there laughing at the whole crypto landscape. And the quote that I used over and over was, I've never seen such fertile soil for fraud in my life, right? You're, you're creating digital money online. You're selling it to a bunch of people that believe in something that is not there, right? Um, and then you're asking them in a completely unregulated market and uninsured, unregulated exchanges, trust us, we're out to do yeah. the right thing. Yeah. And you're just like, I mean, yeah. come on, right? You, you, you probably never read the magazine Adbusters, did you? I don't, I, I recognize the name. I, I'm, I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not pulling it up though. Yeah. Um, so it was started by a guy named Kylie Laysan, who is one of the most brilliant and dangerous leftist organizers in history. And he describes it as a loosely confederated group of artists, designers, and thinkers. And he sees it now as his job. It used to be just a, quote, anti-consumerism magazine. But, Zach, it is so beautiful. And the design is so stunning. And somewhere along the line, Kylie took a very, very hardcore destroy the world bent. And he helped organize the uh, Occupy. He helped, as, as I understand it, my understanding is, and this was confirmed by the people I talked to at Occupy in New York, that Kylie Laysan was at the center of that. So that's my understanding. Now, my understanding is he helped orchestrate the... Um, um, he helped orchestrate the Occupy Wall Street protests. He helped orchestrate the Robin Hood tax. So what you just said, I want people to understand. It's iadbusters.org, by the way. I want someone to understand. I want you to, I want you to hear about uh, an ad campaign. Did you ever hear about the ad campaign, Nothing? No. Okay. So I want people to understand how persuasive markets are. And, you know, psychology, uh, economics is really a study of psychology, right? Math and psychology. Yeah. yeah. Right? All right. Yeah. So yep. I want to tell you this and we'll, we'll talk about what are the red herrings um, that I want to talk about the red safety red herrings. Like what are we, what are the fidelities and the Chuck Schwab's telling people that everything's going to be okay? How are those really just, you know, feel good words? We'll talk about that with Zach Abraham. So we continue with Bulwark Capital Management. He's the chief investment officer there. Oh, look, I had Zach just uh, engage Zach in talking about um, talking about my pillow. Look what I get to talk about now. I get to talk about you. Oh, gee. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing. Um, when did you make the decision to make your firm just zealously focused on risk management. My understanding was it was you watched a couple of companies, you know, hit the wall and smack their face. And, you know, when God called you to start your own company and you took that leap of faith, didn't you right there say, you know what, I I want to be about risk management? Yeah, it was the genesis of it was, um, it's actually an interesting story, at least to me. It it happened, it happened when I started at Russell Investments. um, And I was there as an intern. I think I started there in 2005. And I was uh, dialed up for a full-time position and then the financial crisis hit and they had a hiring freeze and I moved on. But but what really got me was watching what was going on in real estate markets at that time. And I went to probably four or five different portfolio managers there and then also the head of research of, of the entire company. And I ran past them 
what I thought was happening in real estate and what I, you know, like why I was really concerned. And I was, and some of them weren't rude, but I was summarily laughed out of the room. (laughs) Some of them weren't rude. (laughs) Yeah. Some of them weren't rude. Um, And that, and then watching it unfold the way it did, I, it was one of those moments where, and it happened over a wide period of time, but it was one of those, the King has no clothes on where you sat there and went, look, not everybody, you can't always predict the movements of markets, but you can see when there's a serious problem metastasizing and it's pretty easy to see when it starts coming undone. And then watching the way that they just stuck to the line and didn't flinch. And I sat there and I went, okay, let's say you hedged them and it wasn't as bad as you thought. And they ended up making five to 6% less than they otherwise would have had markets just kept going. Why is that? Why would you not do that with retirement money? Right. Like you're worried about them missing out on four to five percent growth. And in the process, you lose them 50. And and that really that really changed the way we looked at things. And that really molded what what we do at Bulwark. Got it. All right. So that's that's the story about why it's risk management focused. And so if you enjoyed Zach here, then get with him on his team. Call 866-779-RISK. See if your portfolio is set up for risk management or what I call the chaos economy. He's his team. They'll get together. They'll look at it. Zach looks at all this stuff and they'll determine that for you. Incidentally, if you are 58 years of age or older and you're still working, you need to work, you want to work, you got a 401k at work, you can have Bulwark management that for you. Just switch it over. That is not a taxable event. It's not. Okay, so call 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com, 866-779-RISK. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Financial LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. All right, so this story, Zach, about uh, this product called Nothing. So um, Adbusters were the greatest, uh, the, the best at trolling people in the world. And they... They created an ad campaign across Europe, the most beautiful ad campaign you've ever seen. They created this amazing font, nothing trademark, and they put it on billboards. They put it in magazines. And now they all work in crypto. Probably they do. (laughs) Except, of course, they're they're anti-consumerist. And um, no, they were so clever. They would put they, they created the unswoosh. So they, they did an exact copy of Nike shoes, reverse engineered out of China, and they just changed, they know design so well, they changed the swoosh in such a way that you knew it was a swoosh, but there was nothing Nike could do about it. Now, part of me admires this, but understand, Kylie is, Kylie is, does great evil. There's great evil done through Kylie. So they, they put this all across Europe. They did little um, commercials, demand nothing now. And people started to go into stores. Some people determined it was a perfume. So they would go in, I want the nothing scent. What are you talking about? I want nothing and I want it now. Other people determined it was jewelry. And it was just by the look of the design. And you know what it was? It was their building up to the buy nothing day. And their message to people was, you see how we played you? You see how we just, we pimped you nothing. And you signed, you got in line. You had your, you had your Amex card, your Optimus. Ready to handle well, it for nothing. It, well, I may not have known that story, but it appears to me that the FDA, Fauci, and Big Pharma <laughs> knew that story. 
right? <laughs> right. Like, and then I was also thinking, well, I wish we could know how, what people bought that campaign because I bet you the percentage of them that got vaccinated is probably 98. Oh, yes. Yes. Right. Um, speaking of that, have you seen the German data? Uh, on- no, no, I have not. Okay, so it turns out about, um, if I'm doing the math correctly, 80%, they did, they did an analysis. They did um, full autopsies on people who died after getting injected. And funny thing, we don't do that here in the United States. That's, that's discouraged. Can't figure out why. Why would that be? And they found out that 80% of the people that they studied, um, the, the injections killed them. And the other God, ones, God. They, said, they said there were, there were other likely causes. But when we're watching this 140% increase in all-cause mortality in the, in the millennial age group, I want, if I put on my evil hat, my, my truly, truly evil hat, and I look at that, I can see people who are running Medicare funds and Med- Medicaid funds and, you know, and, and pension funds going, how many can we kill here? Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, remember, we, Social Security is insolvent. And I feel like Big Pharma put their hand up and like, we got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? For the money we save you, we'll, all, we'll just need a tiny little cut of that, maybe 360 billion bucks. And then well, did, t- you hear, did you hear? I, and I, I might have it wrong. I Again, I defer to all things vaccine to you. But I heard just the other day, I was reading an article that now Pfizer has approved it for ages under five years old. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and get this. Get, that's right. It's, uh, it is. And it's all the way down to six months. Get this. Um, in Israel, the courts came along and said, you are going to produce the contract between the country of Israel and Pfizer. And the health ministry didn't do it and they didn't do it. And then the judge called him in and said, hey, I want that agreement now. Quote the health minister. We've lost it. In the like, because it was stuck in a file, like a hard copy. It's, it's right? gone. We only yeah, have one copy. Right. You don't have a digital well, copy. A what? They bought their servers from the same place Hillary Clinton did. Right. So I, it's, <laughs> it's just gone. you know it. It's it happens. In, in previous versions, they found out that Pfizer actually um, was allowed to do their own research and could control what was said in the press. It was just sickening. All right. So I, I see. I got myself distracted. I made a promise to the podcast family that we were going to talk about. I, I noticed the ads from Chuck Schwab. And oh, look, I'm not trying to down that company. Um, I had a Charles Schwab private banking thing when I was at Microsoft and, and my private, now it's a private banker back when everybody thought I was going to get rich and, and they loved me. Now they don't care about me. Um, but I had a, you know, a little private banking relationship and, and Fidelity. I was with Fidelity for years and customer service suite, you know, walk in the door and handle your thing. And I mean, really honestly, nice people. They didn't do much for me, but nice people. Um, but they're all put out the face of safety and it's all sunny. And these are just a few hiccups in the road. And, you know, um, I see the message of, I don't, I don't see them. I, I guess it's, it's by inference that all the ads are sunny. Everyone's happy. Uh, everybody's, you know, all the ads are, you're sitting on the beach for retirement. Is there anyone else in finance who actually tells truth like you do? Boy, not for the big, not not for big firms, right? Like not. I mean, there's some other smaller firms uh, out there, yeah, but not many, not many. And and I think a lot of it is because, you know, I, there's if you start talking that way, uh, you're going to alienate a certain part of the population, and your goal is to round up as much money as possible. Um, we've always looked at it. First of all, when we started this company, um, my wife and I always joke we own it, but God was the founder. Right. Which nice. was just nice. We're not going to 
I'm not going to trust the ways of the world. We're going to do the right thing and we're going to speak our mind and speak what we believe is the truth. And uh, at the end of the day, God is the ultimate arbiter and he'll decide if we are successful or not. Um, the other thing too is managing people's money is really personal. And uh, I've had clients more on the liberal side of it and virtually none of those relationships last. They end up getting offended by something I say or not liking something I say. And, um, and it's just... It managing people's money. I always joke. It's it, this will be one of the most personal relationships you have outside of your spouse. Why? Because very few other people know the intricacies of your financial life. And if we're going to bring those two together, much like a marriage, there needs to be a philosophical meeting of minds. Right. Because if there's not, you're not going to stick through us through the tough times. Right. We've had clients now, our average clients down, you know, between four and five percent this year. So it hasn't been that painful. But uh, several of them have gotten a little antsy. They're not used to us being down. We just haven't we haven't been hit much. And I said to him, I go, guys, we're not down like everybody else. The market's getting tossed around. But you have to believe me. Right. Because there's times where you're just going to have to believe it. Right. And. That is, that's so much harder when you don't have philosophical alignment. Yeah. You know, and there's, and there's principle a, alignment. Right. There's all, uh, this is an amazing thing about uh, big organizations. Like I'm thinking of Fidelity and I'm thinking of Chuck Schwab. Um, I'm sure there are people at the top who know dang well that they're, that things are in terrible shape and that there's a recession coming or, or, or maybe they listen to Jim Cramer. Did you hear him last week? He said, he's very frustrated with people who say we might enter a recession. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We were, we, yeah, we were just talking about this this morning. Yeah. And, and, um, I think it shows you how, if nothing else, I, I don't want to put on, um, I, I don't want to make judgments about Jim because I don't know him a, a, as an individual. But what I will say is this is in this industry, that is exorbitantly irresponsible. And the reason it's irresponsible goes back to the data discussion we were having. Right. Like if, if you come out and say, look, I know things look really bad, but I think we'll skirt by a recession for this and this reason. I vehemently disagree with you, but okay, that's that's one. When you get up there and grandstand like he did when he made that comment, I'm looking around going, Jim, can you point to a single piece of data that backs that up? In fact, can you point to a piece of data that is not the complete inverse of what you just said? Yeah. Meaning, meaning that is just an irresponsible take. Even if somehow you prove to be right, I will not change my opinion that that is a grotesquely irresponsible comment to make. Yeah. And, and it, I, well, and for me, I just found it funny because we're in one. I mean, there's math, right? I, in my understanding, we are in a recession. So might, might get into one. I, I, I want to um, continue to roll on this, this topic of, of these big firms. And, and it's, if that's the smiley face they're showing, and I don't want to turn this into commercial as much as I, I love you and I love Bulwark and I'm honored to work with you. I want to turn it into commercial. I want to turn it into this analysis of happy talk and how that happens at big firms. You had your Russell experience. I'll share with you an experience I had at Microsoft that um, it was, I don't know that it was happy talk, but I can tell you that from the top, a bomber knew that the, um, at the time it was the, uh, the, the precursor to the iPhone, the music player, uh, iPod. He knew iPod was big, but they had no idea what they were doing to try to chase it. And it, it, it turned into bubble think happy talk. And I had to be the Grinch. So I'm going to tell you about me being the big, mean Grinch. They had to come across and say that. We'll get that in a second. Um, 
Hey, it's it's not. I mean, it is pretty close to Christmas, and I get that. So if you are short on a gift, uh, it might not be that you can get Allen's soaps at allensoaps.com slash Todd two people today or by Christmas. Probably not. Uh, but there's this. If if you if you are have been jonesing for this, or you know people that believe so strongly in life and want to support life, like we do with young Alan, um, you know, 12 years old, so impacted by autism, he cannot speak full sentences. And I mean, imagine being 12 and you still work every day at your soap company. You're still inventing new scents. You're working on on quality control and shipping and fulfilling orders and reading things. He can read fine, by the way. Um, and you know, you're fulfilling orders and you're working side by side with your dad and you're looking forward to that day when there's another person like you, Alan is a dear boy and he knows he's different. So let's not pretend. Okay. He knows he's different from other kids. What would it mean for Alan to work shoulder to shoulder with someone like him? That's what Alan soaps is designed to be. AlanSoaps.com slash Todd. So I would tell you this. If you order from AlanSoaps.com slash Todd uh, this week, I bet you if you email John and say, hey, could you just like, or you could just send the receipt, right, to someone or maybe email John, email customer service. I bet you they'd get you a picture of Alan and the soap for you could put in someone's talking and say, here's what I got you. And if you're asking about the soap, I'll tell you this. Three generations of soap making expertise, family soap making expertise behind that venture and all natural made in the United States of America and the most unique uh, fragrances you'll ever get because they come out of this super creative mind of this kid that the party would have had us abort. They'd still have us abort him, truth be told. And every bar of soap is one step toward Alan having colleagues because that's why alansoaps.com slash Todd exists. Remember, you get 10% off everything there when you use my name, Todd, is the promo code alansoaps.com slash Todd. Zach Abraham's with us, and do want to make sure we talk about Christmas a little bit too. Uh, but Zach, uh, these big firms, um, so a lot of people are still with the big firms, and this is what I want to ask. Like when when we saw, I started to see iPods everywhere because I was in New York all the time, and, and Apple stores were big there, and I started to notice something about them. And at Microsoft, when they started to design their product. And I started to see the color schemes and I saw first gen stuff. I said, what color are the headphones going to be or headphones, earbuds? Cause they still had, you know, wires and the product people said, well, black. I go, why? <laughs> well, I mean, why else? I go, have you seen the head, the, 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 the wires to the iPods? Well, yeah, they're white. Right. So. Guys, no one walks around holding their iPod up for everybody to see. The white wires are an advertisement. Everybody knows that only iPods have white wires. Oh, well, we're going to compare that with, you know, we're going to run more TV ads than them. Okay. Then, (laughs) then... And this was such a sad day. Um, I got, I moved myself off the team because we were, we were building something else. We were building a killer, killer approach. We were, we were going to build um, well, Windows product, super, super high skew. You know, that means high price, high skew. Zach, it was cable TV in a box. So wow. you bought the computer. We had pre-installed your ability to trickle download any cable TV show you wanted. So you're getting ready to go on a business trip. 
you're going to be out of the United States, you could fill your computer with a week of your favorite programming and ads so that you didn't have to pay for it. A TV experience cashed to your machine. We had deals done with a bunch of shows, a bunch of advertisers. That got killed. They killed that. And they said, go be an iPod killer. So so I, I left the team. Because we were so far down the road. And I remember that this guy was a, a senior, senior VP, told me, and I quote on the call, he said, no one is going to watch TV ads on a computer in that experience, not on an airplane. And I just said Tell to Tell that him, to YouTube. Right, right. And I said, <laughs> yeah. do you have any data to back that up? Any. And my, like people on my team were sending me emails. He is a senior vice president. What are you doing? And he goes, I have 25 years of experience. Oh my God. And I said, no. And I said this, I said, in media or in tech? He goes, I'm done answering questions. Okay. Understood. I understand the feedback. Thank you for being clear. And I, I get it. I uh, appreciate you entertaining my questions. I'm sorry that if, I'm sorry if I was offensive. So I got off the team and months later, a guy I dearly love that told the story before. I love this guy. And when I imitate his accent, he laughs. So he thinks it's funny. And I happen to love the Indian accent. He comes to my office. He knocks on the door. Yeah, come in. Comes in. Omar, how are you? Thought I would bring you the brand new Zoom product. Oh, wow. I'm really excited to see this. Just unbox it. Unbox it. So I open up this box. It's a beautiful box. I take off the gray, you know, soft paper. I look at it. I look him in the eye. I go, it's brown. Yes, 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 but pick it up. No, no, but it's, it's brown. Well, you know, I mean, I, it's brown, but what are the colors that come in? What do you mean? <laughs> Does it come in other colors? No, but uh, pick it up. I mean, that's a real glass screen. I go, no, uh, wait, there's no other colors? No. Okay, it's not going to work. No. How, how, how could you know this? You have the this, this high in the processing, and I, it's it's not. I, how can you say it's not going to work? Do you have data on this? Yes, I do. You have data? Yes. What is it? The Apple Store. There are no browns in the Apple Store. But this is why we chose brown. This is the one color that Apple did not produce. And I told him consumer electronics gear doesn't sell in brown. And I picked the thing up and it was amazing. It was, it, it had this real glass screen and, and watching TV on it was this enjoyous experience. And how many TV shows are on? Well, there'll be no video for the first two years. <laughs> do, do you know that, that it got so bad at Microsoft? You would go to a lunch. All right. First person to finish the salad with a brand new suit. <laughs> That was everywhere you went. Uh, there were there were zoons, and they couldn't hand them out. And the company had pre-purchased. Oh, I don't remember how many, but it was uh, my recollection, and I could be wrong. Was in the millions, and they could not sell the things. And this was this was corporate world gone mad. They thought they were zagging when everyone else was zigging. But they had no grasp on the on the zeitgeist. And those of us, and I'm not trying to be smart. I think it's because I was stupid. I think it's because it was untrained. That wasn't an MBA. I didn't have, I didn't go to tech school. I, I didn't grow up in tech. I didn't grow up in Stanford. You know, I didn't go get that degree. So what the result was, I wasn't a Borg. And all the right. Borg said, chatter, chatter, chatter. We're going to go with Brown. We're going to go with Brown. And all, it made all sorts of sense to people. So I have to think that in the offices of Chuck Schwab, 
and in the offices of Fidelity, and I know I'm forgetting a lot of others. I got to believe that there's a lot of people in there with their, it's all safe, all good. Everything's fine. The system is not rigged heads on. Am I wrong? Uh, that's probably. Yeah, I think, again, my experience having worked at three of those huge firms, AG Edwards, Wachovia Securities and Wells Fargo Advisors, and then also before that, Russell, which Russell's a different kind of firm. They're actually a money management firm, but, um, well, they were. Um, The vast majority of people in there drink the Kool-Aid, right? They, They do what they're incentivized to do. And they become dyed in the wool. They believe it. And I think they're the vast majority of them are honest actors. Um, in my opinion, if you want to have a good understanding of the way these firms think and what their motivations are, study the new DOL laws that have come out regarding 401k transfers. Anytime we're moving money out of a 401k now, we have to go through this simulator program to make sure we're doing the right thing. Well, when I'm reading through the legislation, this is a couple months back, I just started laughing out loud and everybody you know, in the office is like, what? What's so funny? And I go, well, look at this rule. This is nothing to do with investor safety. This is about delaying the transfer of funds even 60 to 90 days. Because if you delay it, you fee it for another 60 to 90 days. That tells you all you need to know. You, it, it literally reminds me of some of those like vampire movies and shows, right, where they look at the populace as like cattle. Right. They, they, and they'll tell them, Oh, we're looking out for you. We're looking out for you. And it's one of the reasons that they manage money the way they do. One of it's that there are some altruistic reasons why they tell their guys to just say, stick with it. Yeah. But one of the ways you can see this is go to those firms and go to a lot of other firms too, because they do it just right. Cause there's, there's the firms that do it on Wall Street. And then 98% of other firms are just copycats, right? Cause they think that's the way to do it. Go to all of these firms. The thing they're going to emphasize the most is the plan, right? Well, we're a planning firm. We don't control. I had a back and forth on Twitter the other day with a financial advisor. Funny enough, he didn't answer back. But he sits there and he goes, if you're talking to a new prospect and all you focus is on is performance and charts, you know, what on earth are you doing? You're spending all your time talking about things that we have no control over. You should be focused on the plan. And I looked at him and I go, what does the plan mean if your clients lose half their money? Right. <laughs> so, but we had right. a great game plan, but we lost by four touchdowns. Right. And, and I sat there and I went, if you have no control over the outcome, how in the world do you justify charging a fee? And these are things that these people say out loud, Todd, thinking they're saying the right thing. Right. It's not nefarious. They, they don't they haven't thought about it in right. that context. And you sit there and look at them and go, guys, you know why we almost never talk about quote unquote planning here at the firm? Because if you've got more money in your account, that is the plan, right? Nothing else matters, right? Retirement and look and, and tax efficiency. And there are some planning things, but they're very easy to do. At the end of the day, whatever strategy leaves you with more money in your account, your plan's working better. Right. Like right. there's no other substitute for that. In in the meantime, you say we have no outcome over the performance. Well, why are you focused on the plan? And they go, well, what are you talking about? And I go, what inflation assumptions have you made in that plan for the next 10 years? What what return value are you giving stocks over the next 10 right. years? 
I bet you're saying that their stock portfolio is going to grow by an average of 11% a year. Have you done the work on that? Because the stock market does not average 11% a year when you buy into it at above 20 times earnings. Yeah. Right. So you, what is your planning worth? It's nothing. It's marketing. It's, it's, it's trying to provide certainty where there is none to be had. That's what they're selling. Yeah. Right. It's not performance. Yeah, that's so beautifully said. And, and we're, um, we're, we're of the same mind on this stuff. It's like watching a great NFL coach make changes during halftime or during like the first three plays. Right. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and that's what we're seeing. Um, hey, we've gotten super, super long here. And so I want to talk Christmas sometime, but I, let's talk it after. Let's talk about it next week. Let me do this. Let me just um, tell you um, that I want you to know that one of the greatest gifts I've ever had is being able to do this cast. And I want you to communicate to your family that I thank you for being the first in. We just had this conversation with Radio America and the syndicator about the national show and that Zach always, that, that Bulwark is always going to be first in. And so let your family know that I can't, I mean, I, we, we can repay because we've got a great relationship and there's a lot of people now that are clients of the firm, thank God. Um, but I want you to know that I view that very much as something under our Christmas tree this year. Uh, well, and, and please don't come at me with paganism. I don't worship my tree. I don't fear my tree. I know that we're here for the Lord Jesus and to celebrate that. And, and no, I'm not kneeling to my tree. I am picking, a, <laughs> I'm picking a gift that there are people who believe that, you know, and I, and I want to be respectful, but it, that's not an icon to me. And I, I would tell you if I even thought there was a risk of that. So, um, give your family my, our greatest love and from all of us, our gratitude for the gift you gave us, um, over a year ago today. So thank you. Well, well, thank you. And I'm extremely humbled by that. And any role that I could play uh, in, 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 in helping you spread the word the way that you do, like I said, I, it's God's blessing that allowed us to do it. And I just feel humbled to be a part of it. So uh, ch- thank you. And cheers right back to you, man. It's been, it's been fun. And I'm really excited to see where you're, where this, where this is going. Oh, there's a lot of news coming. And I know, be, I know, you know, don't you dare give it away. Zach. I'm not, I'm not saying. Don't you dare give it away. All right. This <laughs> is the uh, Todd Herman show. Remember, we're going to be off on, well, not off. we're going to do best of Friday. We're going to pick out some really good shows. Some of them you not heard perhaps. Uh, so please go be well. And please be uh, be strong and remember to be kind. And remember that when you are picking out those gifts and to hand them to your kids, that what we're really saying is, wow, but the gift of the Lord Jesus, the gift that will give to us for eternity if we will simply accept him as our savior and let him dwell in us and follow his commandments and make disciples. And thank you all. Love you so much. Merry, Merry Christmas to you.